This is Indie Business Podcast, episode 68. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com, the hostess of the Indie Cruise Retreat, and the lead entrepreneur mentor at Maker Mastermind Business Incubator. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I will introduce you to Amber Malcolm of Shabby Chick Cleaners in Duncan, Oklahoma. After being in business for just over three years, Amber has appeared on multiple episodes of a home shopping show. She has dismantled and entirely rebuilt her business model and is now completely debt-free. Oh, and she owns the only business in the world that we know of where you can actually buy your cleaning products at a drive through window. As you'll enjoy learning in this episode, Amber does not let any grass grow under her feet. She is energetic and unforgettable, as you surely know if you've seen any of her Facebook Live videos where she cleans toilets wearing a colorful apron and a fresh flower in her hair. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 68. I can't wait to introduce you to Amber Malcolm of Shabby Chick Cleaners in Duncan, Oklahoma. But first, this episode is brought to you by Maker Mastermind Business Incubator, your opportunity to work with me personally in a small group setting to grow your business. Whether you are in the emerge phase of your business just getting started or you're moving your business into the multiple income stream area in the evolve phase. Your individual Maker Mastermind experience can help you achieve more and stay on track. Doors are open now. Learn more and join at MakerMastermind.com today. And now, let's welcome Amber Malcolm of Shabby Chick Cleaners in Duncan, Oklahoma. Amber Malcolm from Duncan, Oklahoma, Shabby Chick Cleaners. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Well, welcome to the Indie Business Podcast. We're excited to have you. So tell us, where are you in the wide world today? Where are we talking to you from? Duncan, Oklahoma. So if you pull out a map, look for nowhere, and right in the middle, it would be Duncan. Oh, no. that's. (laughs) uh, I'm sure it's lovely there because it's the only drive-through place where you can buy cleaning products in the whole world. In the whole world. We're going to get to that, though. So you put the little Duncan on the map. So you must be close to, what are you close to? Like what big city are you close to? I'm about halfway in between Dallas and Oklahoma city. Okay. And where are you? Like, are you in your home office? Are you in your manufacturing facility? Where are you I, right now? I am in my manufacturing facility in Duncan, Oklahoma. Yes. Cause I know you travel around, you move around a lot. So um, I'm surprised you're not actually in a car, but um, <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> you are all over the place. So Amber, this is such an exciting opportunity. You guys are in for a little bit of a roller coaster ride. So let me help you get ready. So Amber, like take us back to like the begin, like before any of this started, like you were a practicing attorney. So bring us from that point to where, you know, when you started your business. I was, I was just laughing the other day because about 
10 or 12 years ago, my sister brought home one of the first versions of natural cleaners. And I made fun of her. I made fun of her. And then, um, like you said, I was a practicing attorney. I actually had a very thriving and successful practice. I sued debt collectors for a violation of federal law. So I got to be the good guy if there's such a thing as a good attorney. And I, I just loved it. But I got sick and almost died during my second pregnancy. I mean, really sick. I was in the hospital over 72 days, not consecutively. Um, it was just in and out over a period of nine months. I had 18 surgeries over a period of five years. It was very physically devastating and um, financially devastating. And so I didn't close my practice. And um, as I started to heal, my husband and I wanted a more natural lifestyle. So we bought a farm. I'm mean, just like Green Acres. And we started homesteading. We had goats and chickens. I learned that there are all different kinds of chickens. You can have meat chickens and egg chickens. It's really fun. And um, I started learning how to make all the stuff that I find out, kind of thought just grew in the grocery stores, like sour cream and ketchup. And you never really think where those things come from. And we bought this old farmhouse. We were going to fix it up. And um, I noticed that when I would use the regular cleaners I'd used my whole life, I would, I would just feel awful. My skin would start to burn. I couldn't breathe. And I'd have to leave the bathroom. And I thought, this, this isn't natural. This isn't healthy. Here I'm trying to make this better lifestyle, and I'm, I'm killing myself with these cleaners. So I started doing some research, and it turns out I was right. These cleaners are absolutely killing us. And they know it, but there's no regulation on cleaning product whatsoever. You can put anything in a bottle and call it natural. It's, it's crazy. And I thought, well, this is, this, is not, this is not a good situation. So I just started making my own and went about Because your sister, after all, was right. Yes. <laughs> and, and I, um, we had grown gardens and we were taking our produce to a local farmer's market. And my husband came to me and said, Amber, this cleaner is amazing. I think you should sell it. And I balked. I sat straight up in my chair and I said, I have a doctorate degree. I am not selling cleaning products. That's crazy. Not doing it. So there's the second time that you're laughing at someone else's suggestion. Okay. Exactly. Going. <laughs> <laughs> you see the pattern here? <laughs> So, um, so I, you know, as the season goes on, I thought, well, what is it hurt? We're already there. I could just whip up a few bottles. And within weeks, we were selling more cleaners than produce. And um, a lady called to sell me, um, you know, some old furniture. And I said, I'm not really doing that anymore. She's like, oh, you should go to a show. I went to a little Amish festival and sold out. And I thought, I think I've got something here. And so that's why finally Amber's listening, right? She listened yeah. to the lady. <laughs> Let me tell you, I learned because this I went so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I went back and I mean, I found mentors for everything because I'd been an attorney. And so I knew nothing about bringing a product to market or even how to package it or anything. And so I, I immediately started listening and I honestly attribute that to my success so far because um, within about 18 months, we moved uh, to several bigger spaces, but within about 24 months, then we moved into a 6,500 square foot manufacturing uh, facility. We were on the home shopping, or me, I was on the home shopping network twice. And then again, in March of this year, I won the Entrepreneurial Success Award from the Small Business Association. So I, I do attribute all of that to listening to mentors and people that already knew what they were doing. I mean, it's 2000, well, then it was 2015, and there was no reason to reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. So I'm going to pick up on that mentoring thing because before you moved into the larger facility and uh, started winning awards and so forth and being on the Home Shopping Network, um, which I saw, yay, um, I, you talk about mentors. So you knew immediately 
that you were going to need to surround yourself with people that could mentor you. Tell us what that exactly means. Like, how did you know that? And what did you do to get started doing that? Because, you know, not all the lawyers you were working with in your debt collection or you're suing the debt collectors, thank you very much, uh, practice, um, you know, would be able to really mentor you in this particular area. So, So what did you do? How did you set that up? Uh, the first thing I did is I found out um, that we had an incubator, a business incubator here in Duncan, just reading the local paper. And I thought, oh, what is that? I need, I need to be in that. <laughs> and I went and met with them and they said, we actually have a business development center here and it's completely free. And so I went and I set up weekly appointments and we put together a business plan, what my goals were, how I wanted to structure the company. I mean, we started like, like you're supposed to start a business <laughs> at that point. So, so this I mean, I was already the, up and running. And this is with the Small Business Development Center through the United States Small Business Administration? Um, one of them was. This is actually a local um, a program that's for rural okay. areas. And it's federal, so it, I'm sure that it's nationwide. Um, and so, but they, you know, they'll all have different names and stuff. And here, it's just through a local community college that they actually have uh, two people full-time that do nothing but help people in the community develop their businesses. And that's do you remember all what they it's do. called? It is the Red River. Well, the college is the Red River Technology Center, and then it is the small business development um, arm of that. But there is also national resources, especially for women. Um, I also use uh, here in Oklahoma, it's called REI Oklahoma, but they it's all federal, and there are federal women's centers all over the country. If you just get on Google and Google local women's center, local women's business center, there is federal money going um, to these business centers that do the exact same thing. They'll bring you in. They'll say, what do you want to do? Where are you going? They'll help you build a business plan. They'll put you in contact with the people you need to speak with. I mean, it's unreal, and it is all free, and they even have financing. So, so you just saw this in the paper and like one thing has led to another, almost it sounds like organically. It really has. It really has. As, as I was up and running, I was doing trade shows. In fact, I did uh, over 100 trade shows in my first three years. So there's only like 156 weekends. If you add that up, that's almost every weekend. So, so you, you started going through your local community and you set, set up a business plan. So obviously trade shows was a part of that business plan because you wanted to have a wholesale based business model? Originally, yes. Yes. My plan was to go into different towns across the country. I started in Oklahoma and I would go to a little, you know, sorghum festival. I didn't even know what sorghum was before I went, but I would go to like a sorghum festival. And if I did well at that show, I would approach a retail store after that and say, Hey, I just sold like $800 worth of laundry soap this weekend. These people are going to want more in a few weeks you should really place an order. And so I just kind of organically drove um, my brand forward. Okay. So, so this is genius. Like it's so simple. It's so simple, but it's maddeningly simple, right? Okay. So, so you, so, so you would go to a show in a local area, you would sell out, you would obviously have, um, you know, comments that, that people had said to you about how great your products were, I guess, when you demonstrated them. And then you pinpointed certain stores in the area and told them about the success at the show and then sold them your products. Often I would ask the customers that were buying, I would say, where do you shop? You know, do you have any local boutiques around here? Because that's really where my product sells. Or do you have any local health food stores or things like that? And, And often they would know the owner or they would have the name and the number of the store to approach too. So that was really helpful a lot of times. 
So was that instinct to you or did someone tell you to do that? No, that was, that was something I kind of came up with um, after we'd go to shows and I would come back and people would be like, well, how do I get more? And I had not developed shipping at that point. I had no idea how to ship it. And almost every package broke or busted. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. And so it was something I kind of developed as like a follow-up business. Uh, I mean, it was, it was kind of twofold. And so I would learn to set appointments with these boutiques before I'd go to the shows, go to the show. And if I did well, go, you know, stick around and follow up with the boutique or meet with them over the weekend. And they would buy. Yeah, most of the time. And that's why we actually had such an eclectic mixture of stores all over the country because the strategy worked everywhere we went. So you would find these shows that, that had your target and you would go to them. And yes. then you would, so you would have a retail show and then you would yes. make wholesale sales out of it. Both. I would do both wholesale and retail at the shows. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. So then at some point things became more wholesale than retail, right? You were still doing shows, but you were mostly doing trade shows, right? Yes. Then, and then as we grew, we started doing the international trade shows, you know, where buyers from Target, Home Depot, Home Shopping Network, those were coming through. What was that like? I mean, you talked earlier about all the surgeries and the health issues and you changed your lifestyle so you could uh, have a little more, I guess, control and you had the chickens and the farm and everything, a totally different lifestyle. And then you went to this, which is also totally different, but doesn't sound less stressful than being an attorney. No, it was, you know, if you go to a, a show and you paid a hundred dollars for the booth and, and you only sell a few hundred dollars worth of stuff, you're like, eh, you know, no harm, no foul. But when you go to these international trade shows and your booth is $5,000 and you're flying in yeah. and you're having, yeah, it's, it's intensely more stressful and you're not selling any product there. You're going and spending ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, hoping, hoping that you come home with more business than that. So but it worked for you. Like, it did. Yeah. So it wasn't like you were losing money. I, I know we're going to, we're, we're telling a story here because you've obviously, or it's not so obvious to people listening, but you're doing a different business model now. But I really want to focus on this because so many people who are listening sort of see themselves, you know, five or however many years down the road. Um, in your case, it was only like two, but because um, <laughs> you just started in 2015, right? So yes. Yep. So, so, so many people see themselves doing what you're describing. So there's there's a there's pros and cons. Can you kind of walk us through the pros and cons of that for people who might be curious to know, like from in the trenches, what is this trade show wholesale life really like? It is being on the road and spending a lot of money, a lot. Um, it was kind of fun and exciting um, at first, but I have three children and I got tired of missing ball games and concerts and football games, and so. Uh, you know, it was exciting and thrilling at first, but it was not sustainable for me at the time. How, and, old, how old were your children at the time you were going to do At this, the Amber? time, let's see, four years ago, they would have been 10. You're making me do too much math. <laughs> 10, 6, and 2. So they were very small. Wow. So, yeah, that, that is a lot. So who took care of your children when you were gone? Uh, family and friends and my in-laws live really close. And so that um, they were able to pitch in quite a bit. That, that's really awesome to have in-laws close by, but you know, as, as a mom, I wonder if you encountered this because my children were once that age as well. And when I traveled, it was always great to know that they were in good hands. But as a mom, I worried the whole time. Like I just worried the whole time anyway. So there was even more stress 
uh, from a lifestyle perspective on top of the stress that I was always under from a business perspective. My coping mechanism was to just kind of throw myself into my work because I knew they were fine. I knew they would call, but I I worry. You worry if they're not right there. (laughs) So I just threw myself into my work and it was always the trips home that were hardest. The minute the show was over, I wanted to be home with my kids. And it was, you still had to pack up and follow up. And sometimes there were meetings and that last day or two getting home was always the worst for me. So did you have help at these shows? Like, did you take someone with you to help you set up and and take down and pack everything up and ship it back and all the things? I did. I did. My husband actually quit his job when we were about 18 months old and came on board as my production manager. Um, Because turns out when you invent a product, there's not already machines made to package that product. You have to figure out what those machines are and how to afford them and how to use them. So tell us that story. Like there's stories, but there's layers of stories here, everyone. Okay. So we're going to come, we're going to come back to the transition from trade show lifestyle to another lifestyle and another business model. But let's pause for a second to talk about the husband's job because this is such an exciting thing. So your husband has a job, he's rolling along, he's doing his thing. And like, did this just come up over dinner or did he walk home one day and say, I quit, I'm going to make cleaning products now? What happened? We were um, planning our show schedule. Oh, I did have a friend that um, he was in college at the time and kind of came on as like a nanny, personal assistant, shabby chick person. Uh, He came and helped us for about six months juggling all of this. And him, his name was Diego. And he and I sat down to um, plan our fall show lineup. And it was, it was going to be huge and exhausting, but we were, we're trying to figure out how to do it. And my husband said, I'm going to have to quit my job and do this with you. And I said, no, no, I can do it. I can do it. And he's like, no, you can't. This is, this is 16 shows in 18 weeks in five States. You can't do this by yourself. And so I actually was opposed to it, but he was thrilled. So he quit his job and came on. And so, and I am so grateful that he did because I don't think I could have done it all myself. It was so much work. Well, and so then now now that not only changes the dynamic of your business, obviously in a positive way, but it also changes the dynamic of your personal relationship. Absolutely. Um, So tell us a little bit about how that transition went and if you have any advice for other people, because I hear this a lot. We're going to start a business and we're going to bring daddy home. Like we're going to bring him home. And and I love that. Um, Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And it seems to have worked for you. So what are what are some words of wisdom that you can offer? And what would your husband say if he was here? Um, Let's see. Well, it was, it was difficult um, living and working together um, because sometimes you just have too many cooks in the kitchen kind of situation. So often, you know, there was a little struggle over, you know, my way versus his way, which was pretty standard, but we, um, he finally recognized that the name on the door said shabby chick and we, when he recognized that ultimately things came down to my decision and my company, it went very, very smoothly. And he was very supportive through all of that. Um, I think uh, now I joke that I fired him 
this year, but what really happened is he actually worked himself out of a job. He had done such an amazing job getting my production set up and running that I really no longer needed him. And it was kind of like I hear my friends tell me when their husbands retire and they're home all the time. He kind of twiddled about the shop and and bugged me a lot. (laughs) So I said, hey, why don't you go back to school? Because he's a teacher. And uh, he was very happy and he's very happy to be back now. And um, and he just did such an amazing job that he really just didn't even have a job anymore. That is so wonderful. So it sounds like, like it wasn't like I'm going to quit and I'm going to work with you forever. It was kind of like, I'm going to quit and I'm going to do this for now. It may be forever. It may not be forever, but you guys seem to have injected a great deal of flexibility into this. And he also seems adaptable. Like he can, he can change from this plan to that plan and keep, keep it moving forward. Yes, yes. We were we always had to stay pretty flexible, um, especially with the kids, because sometimes I would insist one parent would have to be at some things. And sometimes I wanted to be the parent there. And sometimes he wanted to be the parent at the ball game. And so, you know, sometimes we were able to trade off. So at least the kids had a parent there all the time. And that like you so said, great. we've also gone to this new business model that has really mm-hmm. helped incorporate, you know, being with our family more. Yes, yes. Okay, so that was a really really cool pit stop. And I bet there's so many more stories. And let me just say, I remember when he was working with you, um, when you would do videos, because we did a couple of live videos with you through the Indie Business Network. And one of the things that was so wonderful was when he was holding the camera for you and you were talking about one of the products or something, and you could hear his voice in the background going, pick it up a little bit closer. (laughs) move over there. I mean, it was so, I was like, oh, he's so helpful because he was holding the camera. He wanted you in the best light and he wanted to make sure we could see the label. And I just felt like, well, you know, that, that, that is a real teamwork there. And that's something that's so important um, that you surround yourself with people who will be your team. Yes. Yes. And I was so fortunate. He uh, was actually a photographer in the Navy. He's published. And so I was so fortunate to be able to bring a photographer into the shop because we always needed product photos and live videos and everything. And so it was, he was amazing to have around for that stuff. And you'll notice there's a big gap now because I I haven't been as much in front of the camera without him around. (laughs) I know it's funny how that works, right? Lost my photographer. Yeah. So the other thing that's really cool that I've noticed about how you position your brand is, I'm not sure if you still do this, but you would wear these cute little aprons with this big flower in your hair. Yes, I do. I I still try to sometimes. I, I forget to put them on if I'm just, you know, doing a quick demo and stuff. But yes, I just loved it. It was actually out of necessity. And then it kind of became, I just love aprons anyway. But, uh, I would do demos at shows all day long. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of demos and it was ruining all my clothes. They would snag on the tile. They would get cleaners and nail polish all over them. And so I finally had to start wearing an apron just to save all my clothes. And then I was always making or doing. So I just always had an apron on for the first few years. So that kind of just became a signature thing. And so again, without being on camera as much, I don't wear it as much again, but yeah, I have a whole hanger full of, I I think there's like eight, aprons over there and I love them all well it's so it's almost like you became a character you became a brand representative which was like you were in character when you had that apron on 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, I called it being on. You can't see my air quotes, but being on. And it's like, when you have that apron on, it's like putting on a uniform. It's like, I'm here to tell the world about Shabby Chick. And I think we all have to do that to some extent. Like we have to be on, we have to be off. But when we're on, it's not like, it's not that we're different people. It's just that we take on certain personality traits and certain, I guess, certain words that we use and a certain sort of demeanor that represents the brand in a way that we don't do when we're quote unquote off. Yes. I think that's really important. It is. Is it? Why is it so important? I think for me, it helps separate. I mean, because being an entrepreneur, I could feel exhausted and overwhelmed all the time because there's always something to do. And so having some measure of me of like, okay, I'm going to be on for eight hours today and I can turn it off and go home. It helps me relax. It's very, uh, it takes a lot of energy for me to be on and I love it. But after it's over, I am very, very exhausted. It, it, It can be very exhausting, but it helps. I think I love what you're saying because I think it's work. Like it's, it's, I mean, you have our own business, but it's not like we're sitting around eating bonbons all day. It's work. So it is, work. It is a lot of work. Hopefully we do have some bonbon days, but they're not work days. So um, I, I love that you have these things that you have put in your life that help you understand where you are and how to position your interaction with other people and your mindset, I guess, based on where you are. So like I work from home. So if I'm in my office, I love my children, but I am sadly almost completely ignoring them if they're home and I'm in my office. Like that's the place. But I find that when I come out, even if work might still be in my head, like I'm totally out of this room that I'm actually in right now to do this podcast. I'm totally out. And we've developed this kind of dynamic where they kind of know when they hear me shuffling around then, you know, we can all have a great conversation. But if I'm kind of quiet and they can hear me like talking to a monitor or whatever, then they know that, you know, mom's working. Yes. Yeah. My kids are so respectful because occasionally I'll have to take a a call at home or something and they Mm -hmm. know, I mean, turn off Mm -hmm. the TV, be quiet. And I remember when my daughter was two, I actually have always just put my children in the business. And so I remember when she was two and I was still making at home, I was learning my numbers and my, you know, cost of goods. And so I was constantly walking around going, that cost 17 cents. This cost. And it was really funny because uh, my husband came home from work one weekend and my daughter who was two at the time was walking around going, and this cost 14 cents and that cost 12 cents. <laughs> and so, you know, oh, that yeah. is so adorable. It was, it was, I just cracked me up. And so I think, you know, including, the, I think the kids... <laughs> kids are way smarter than we give them credit for and including them in the business, um, I think helps them. Does she have her own apron? Yes. Yes, they do. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course she does. Okay. So now back to the trade show. So you're, I remember this too, because I used to see you here and there and I would go on your Facebook page and you'd be like in Ottawa and then you'd be over here and down in Dallas and all this stuff. So, um, but, but I also saw that you were getting account after account after account. I was like, wow, you know, mission accomplished, the dream is becoming a reality. And then one day, one day, I don't know where I was on some social media, and you were talking about, well, we're not doing those shows anymore. And I was like, what's going to be next? So I got my popcorn, and I've been watching ever since. So tell us what what happened. Like, tell us the story of, okay, I'm selling all these products, I'm getting on home shopping, my products are everywhere, and the sky's the limit to um, the sky's still the limit, but I need to change how I'm doing things. Like, how did that happen? 
um, several kind of things all happened at once. Uh, I, I missed my kids and my home and my family. I had been on the road for three years consistently. And um, I was just kind of tired of it. And I also was starting to work with just buyers exclusively because we were only going to the international trade shows at that point. So I was working with the buyers for Home Shopping Network and Target and uh, Home Depot. And these guys, I mean, they're great people, but they couldn't care less about my product. They, they, they just wanted something that was going to sell and make them money. That's their job. And I missed the days when I would get the phone calls or the texts from random people I had that went, oh my gosh, this cleaner is amazing. I've gone through and I've thrown out all my other cleaners and we are so much happier and healthier. I mean, I just missed all the people that I was truly helping with this product. And when my product became just another thing on the grocery store shelf, um, it was very dissatisfying to me. And I felt detached from my, my customers. And so, so this, this is interesting. So I want to pause for a second right there, because you have a business and your job is to make a profit in your business. And you were doing that. Yes. But in addition to that, so this, this approach to entrepreneurship is not traditional. So I want to unpack it a little bit. I, I totally know where you're coming from, but I want to unpack it for others. Like, let me ask this. Did you sense that you had to find a different sort of way to integrate the requirement that your business be profitable with personal requirements for yourself that had nothing really to do with business? Yes, I actually, I, kind of, I feel like I had put the company first for three years and that I, I do believe that's actually what it takes to get a company off the ground. But at some point you have to stop letting your company run you and you have to stop and run your company. And it was right, but, but let me just, let me just stop you for one second because a lot of people would have said, okay, I'm just going to hire people to go do those shows and we're going to get more wholesale accounts. We are just going to, I am going to run the I'm going to manage everything and I'm going to hire people and they're going to go to the shows. And, you know, we might have to, you know, raise our prices a little bit to cover these costs, but we're going to continue. And when, when they call me for home shopping, I will show up, but everyone else is going to be everywhere else. So was that an option that you considered? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we went, we, we considered a lot of things. Um, but I realized what was missing was kind of the fulfillment and seeing the, the help that I was bringing, um, you know, when you're selling to buyers, I mean, you hope you're helping all these people, but I had no connection with, you know, if somebody goes to Target and buys a bag and goes, yeah, that's pretty good laundry soap. That's neat. It, it was, it's like it stripped all the passion and joy and just stripped my product down to a, a just, I mean, my business down to a product. And that is not what I wanted and not the direction I wanted to go. What I was finding out is that most of my customers are very loyal and are as passionate about my products as I was. And which brings us to a third decision. We were having um, difficulty educating consumers because we're such a different new product. The education um, part of saying why we're better, why we do this was lacking in the wholesale area. So if we were had not gone to a show or didn't drive customers to our products or organically, our products sometimes would just sit on a shelf because there was no one there to go, oh my gosh, I am addicted to this laundry soap. 
the first time I heard that, I thought it was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. And now after four years, I've heard it so much and I've experienced it myself that I get it. I get it. We are so much different than everything else that it's, it just, it just, we needed people to see the passion and excitement that these products brought and not just become another product on the shelf. Amber, do you think that one of the things that makes you quote unquote so much different is actually you? Absolutely. So that is what, among the other things that you just mentioned, that brought you to a change in your business model from the trade show to wholesale to another business model, which is what you're operating in now? Yes. Yes, And tell us what that is. So to get over, you know, all of these, uh, you know, traveling too much and all this, we went to direct sales. And I love it. What is, what is direct sales? What does that mean? Uh, it has other names. It's called network marketing and things like that. But it is where um, people sign up. We call them coaches. Some companies call them independent sales reps, distributors. And they buy our product for us at a discount. And then they go out and sell it themselves. Now, let me just pause for a second again. Because I have to pause a lot with you, Amber. Because you say all these things like yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, wait. Wait. <laughs> There's a question there. There's a really good point there. So you said something that we're all familiar with. We're familiar with uh, independent uh, sales consultants who uh, have products that they sell as independent consultants. What I had never heard before that I just am so excited to share is the story behind how you decided to call them cleaning coaches. I, I just... I yeah. just cannot tell you how that changes the whole dynamic. And I think you knew that was going to happen. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, um, we, we put people first and not product. And so in calling them coaches, it's, it sets them as a position. There's a lot of natural cleaners. Let me start over. There's a lot of natural cleaners coming on the market right now. And I could tell over the years, I might be one of the only natural cleaners um, at a trade show. And then the next year there might be three and the next year there might be six. There's a lot of competition, but they're not truly natural cleaners. And so their job is to educate people first you know, why you should be using safer products. And even if they turn somebody on to a safe product, that's not mine. I'm fine with that. And we, and we don't carry everything. My line is, I keep my line very limited. And so when we don't have a particular product, like a sunscreen, I, you know, we refer them to what we consider safe sunscreen. So they're actually coaches because they're coaching people to clean up their lives, both, you know, their cleaners and their cleaning products, but also how to grow as people. And, um, you know, kind of build their own dream. And as I like to say it, I've literally spray painted it on the wall, be the hero in their own story. Okay. So you're, there's another thing, that wall, we're going to get to the wall. I promise you guys, we're going to get to the wall, but um, (laughs) Amber, so, so you call them cleaning coaches. So when you meet with your sales reps, they are really coming to the table with you as like coaches, like, like you said, they are really, empowerers as opposed to just consultants. Absolutely. Because when we tell them, you know, no pushy sales tactics, this is a relationship product. Women are not going to trust you to wash their clothes. They pay a lot of money for these clothes. If they don't trust you, you have to build a relationship first. So we put people before products. And that is why we call them coaches because they're not just educating people about products, but also empowering women. So this is how you basically 
duplicated your enthusiasm and you basically deliver the kind of personal relationship to your coaches and they then deliver that to the people that buy the products. Yes. Yes. And that is what I love. And I, Oh, I just, it feels like I finally found the perfect fit and I, and I just love it. I love being able to work with these women on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. We do one-on-one coaching with them. We do company-wide zoom calls. I'm, I just, I am, I just absolutely love it. They're amazing so, women. So you're selling your products and you love, you love it because even though you're not on the road, like doing the quote unquote selling, you are empowering other people. So you get the best of both worlds. Like you get to help women uh, make their lives better as they help other people make their lives better. Absolutely. It's like yes. you're spreading all these little joy tentacles around everywhere. That is my goal in life. Well, and speaking of which, um, tell us about this wall that we've been talking about, the only one of its kind in the entire world. Yes. So um, when we went to direct sales, I, I had a substantial overhead. Like I said, we had a 6,500 square foot um, facility. And we had got our production down to, I did not need that much room. And so um, the incubator was so gracious. And they said, if we can find a renter, we'll let you out of your lease. And a friend of mine had this lime green building that just stuck out like a sore thumb. (laughs) And he needed somebody to take over the rent. And I said, okay, do you mind what we do to the place? And he said, no, (laughs) I didn't ask too specifically. And he didn't answer too specifically. So we hired a graffiti artist to actually go around the entire building and paint um, inspirational sayings. That we have empowered women, empower women, and be the hero in your own story. And she believed she could, so she did. And it is becoming kind of a hotbed for Instagram pictures and Facebook pictures and stuff. And we we end up with a lot of, um, I would say, younger kids, because I'm almost 40. But, you know, younger people show up that actually uh, do a lot of photos. We had a girl even come do her senior pics here. And so I just love that, that we're making such an impact in the community. So there is finally another good reason to go to Duncan. Yes. Um, right? Okay. So yes. um, we'll have to tell people what airport to fly into. We're going to try to put a picture or two in the, in the blog post that accompanies this uh, podcast as well so you guys can see what this amazing wall looks like. And not only is it a wall, but it also sports a drive through window where you can drive up and buy your cleaning products. Yes, and I'm so excited because we launched a refill program too because I hate that we have to use plastic and I'm always looking for better ways to do that. But we uh, launched a refill program for our local people. So it's really fun. They can just pull up to the window and refill their products for five bucks. And then as they drive around the entire building, they get to see every one of the you know paintings around the building. So it's really a fun place. Right, and they can stop and take an Instagram shot, which of course yep. is what we know is so important today. Um, so, so listen, I want everyone to know about this one video that you did that like almost, I don't know what viral means, but it certainly was uh, watched and shared a lot. So tell us about the video. Uh, and this is, uh, the reason I want to ask this is because I want to demonstrate to people how important it is to show people how your products work and not just tell them about them. So tell us about the bananas and the ants. Oh, that, that 
so gross, but so effective. <laughs> but, um, now, I, I mean, watched it. It was gross, but I watched it more than once. I have to confess. I, I do too. I um, want, I have you. You can tell people in insect repellent works, but they're not going to believe you till they see it. So I took two rotten bananas and two tiles, and I put them outside in the sun in Oklahoma in July. So they got nasty very quickly. And I sprayed one tile and banana with my insect repellent and the other one I, I left alone. And we kept them about two or three feet apart. And we came back to video, I don't know, an hour or two later. And the tile that had uh, nothing on it but a rotten banana was just covered in ants and flies. And, oh, it was disgusting. And the other tile that had the rotten banana didn't have a single ant, not a single fly, nothing. I mean, it was very dramatic. It was dramatic. And I remember looking at it and thinking, you know, of course, you know, as another entrepreneur, I'm not thinking at that moment, I wasn't thinking about buying it. Although, as you know, I have, I have used it myself, but I, I remember looking at it going, so genius. That is so genius because now you have something that you can use forever that cannot be contrived that showcases that your insect repellent while natural is really, really also effective. So I want to go back for a second though, because you talked earlier about um, when you first started, you found your mentors and you were at the small business development center and so forth. Tell us a little bit about that incubator experience, because not only did they help you from a, an entrepreneurial perspective in terms of your planning, but they also invested financially in your business. Can you tell us a little bit about how that worked? Yeah, so, um, and they're incubators all over the country, um, but they're a private nonprofit uh, here in Duncan, Oklahoma. And what they do is they bring tiny companies in, like a chicken egg incubator. And the very first space they gave us was probably about 1,200 square feet, all bills included, uh, and it was 500 bucks a month. And they went through and they bought tables and, you know, the, the stainless steel working tables and sinks and uh, just all the basic equipment, probably about $10,000 worth of equipment that we would have not, not our equipment that we would keep with us as a company, but things that they could retain, um, you know, as an incubator to help other businesses, shelving, um, like I said, sinks, things like that, and moved that all in and got that space ready for us um, to move in. And it cost me 500 bucks a month. And so uh, they're just amazing. And of course, they, they have a myriad of resources. Anytime I would have a question, they would say, hey, uh, who do you know that does um, social media marketing or something? And, and they would know all the people to talk to. So they were just an amazing resource and support system. And that, and, and, and you ultimately ended up um, taking out some loans, which you paid back within, well within the time frame, and now your company's debt free. Yes, yes, we're super excited about that. <laughs> so that is so so exciting. Yes. So it has um it's been a bit of a dramatic change uh, this year. You know, financially, we had to, we pulled out of all of our retail and stuff, and so it is so exciting to even though we have significantly downsized our space and things, to still be growing through all of this. So your products are not in. Uh, well, there may be some still left on a shelf, I guess, because you weren't there to demonstrate it. But your products are not being sold to retail stores anymore at all. Not. Um, we have we work programs like with other small businesses, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, where I don't have coaches or where a coach has gone in and set up a retail, we do have um, that refill 
refill program also, but we are not marketing to stores. These are stores that um, either approached us or the approach their coaches. And we make sure that we the product is going to sell in that store too. If we think it's not a fit, we will just not do it. So what, what does someone who's listening do if they would like to become one of the world's only cleaning coaches? Oh, well, if they would like to sign up, um, you go to our website at shabby chick with a K C H I C K cleaners.com. And right on there, it says, start your own shabby chick business. And you go through and you buy a kit, which is a great deal on our products. Even if you don't want to be a coach later, get these kits. They're amazing. And, um, and then you sign up on our back office right there. On, there's like one, two, three steps on that page. And we will add you to our Facebook group and set up a one-on-one coaching call and launch your business. So you get all the, so you, you get the products obviously to sell where you can make money and make a commission. You get a private Facebook group where you can connect with other coaches from other parts of the country. Plus you get a private coaching sessions with you. Well, um, I also, this is another story. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> you know, you know how when you, you're kind of where you're supposed to be, you meet the people that you're supposed to meet and kind right. of through a friend of a friend and a mentor. Um, the amazing Tiffany James, who started Undercover Wear and sold it for about $100 million. She's been on Oprah. I mean, she's just a mega star in the world of direct sales. Actually uh, came on as a consultant for Shabby Chick. She loves me and our products so much. She took us on as a client and she is leading us through this direct sales process. And so they can have coaching sessions with me and her or me or her or up to one a week. It sounds like, like so many multiple benefits associated with, with connecting with your brand. Um, Really, really exciting. Yes, are are things truly, going the way you want them to? Like, are you, you, you are, is everything working out just like you wanted it to when you made this switch? Because I imagine this was a really big change for you. This is a completely different business model. Uh, well, it's a business, so nothing ever goes the way I want it to. But overall, globally, <laughs> I, am, I am so happy with everything. I love being home. I love seeing my kids. I love not traveling. I love being in connection with the people that are passionate and excited about my product. And it is starting to turn a profit. So, uh, I mean, I, overall, I think it's fantastic. So we almost come full circle too, back to, yes, it's a business. Yes, we want it to be profitable. However, what's equally important is how I feel and how happy I am in my life. Yes. So yes. you are building a business around the life that you want, as opposed to building a business that then has to be, you know, you have to retrofit your life around. Yeah, that became very, very important to me when I went to this direct sales model was building the life that I wanted along with the business Mm -hmm. I wanted. And now you have both. I do. How exciting. How exciting. Really, really great. So, well, um, well, you know, you know, as, as Oprah says, you know, what is, there's no such thing as luck. It's just preparation meeting opportunity. And it sounds to me like that you're a perfect example of that because you have prepared yourself. You have a nice, you have a good recipe, obviously recipes, and you also tried different things. So you could kind of sort through what would work for you and what wouldn't work for you. Um, You found these mentors, you know, opportunity, you you saw the, the ad in the paper, for example, or the article in the paper. And that was, you know, your preparation and your opportunity to connect with them. And then 
look what happened. So wouldn't have happened if you hadn't taken the initiative. So, you know, I think it's just a story. It's, it's just an illustration, I think, of how um, you can, yeah, you can be in the right place at the right time. However, you've maximized your outcomes by actually being proactive and not waiting for all these things to kind of fall into your lap. Plus you're in Duncan, Duncan, Oklahoma. Right. So you made opportunity for yourself. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, um, it's fascinating to think about when you say, you know, uh, opportunity meets preparation, because I remember the, f- first time we were pitching, I started doing pitching contests and the HSN pitch contest. And I thought, gosh, what am I going to say? And after, you know, a couple of days, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I went, Oh, why don't you say what you always say, Amber, you live and breathe your pitch. You do it 500 times a day at a show. Do that. That's what works. And guess what? It worked. Yeah. It's, it's just a perfect combination for you. And I just encourage everyone who's listening to find that combination where you can integrate your business and your life in this way. Um, when there's a will, there's a way you may have to go through some, may have some take some trips that you don't want and be away from yes. home for a minute, like Amber just <laughs> described, but you can certainly do that. So Amber, you've been a member of the Indie Business Network, like almost since you started your business. I think it has been like three years. Yeah, I, I think I joined. Yeah, as soon as I was big enough that I felt I needed insurance. I think I've told you this story. And I was a little miffed um, that I had to join this weird Facebook group. I didn't know what a Facebook group was at the time. And in order to get the <laughs> Leave in- it to me, right? <laughs> yeah. And I said, I, I don't want to, this group, I just want the insurance. I just want the insurance. And, but you know, I needed the insurance. And so I joined and of course I outgrew the insurance within a year, I think. And, um, I have always stayed on and, and I, I refer people every independent, you know, every business owner I meet, I'm like, okay, I joined two things. And one of them is the Indie Business Network. You have to join. It's an amazing resource. Well, thank you for saying that because we are not an insurance company. We just just partner with one and it is a good benefit. But like the juicy stuff is the entrepreneurial training and stuff that we do and the connections with people like you, the networking that goes on inside. So we're certainly excited to have you as a member and thank you so much for the opportunity to serve you. So Amber, your tips for small business owners, like let's just cover like your top three. Ask ask, ask, ask. The answer is always no. If you don't ask, ask, ask you, know, for help. you guys have heard that your mother told you that, right? Your mother told you that. So here's Amber, your cleaning coach, the ultimate cleaning coach telling you the same thing. You don't know if you don't, it's always, I love that. The answer is always no, unless you ask. Yes. And, um, and ask and look around, there are amazing, I mean, if I can find this amount of amazing resources in Duncan, Oklahoma, I promise you anyone can find resources locally that are free. And there's so much, I mean, I've been going to some conferences and right now there's a lot of um, support for women in business. They just had a national convention and women entrepreneurs and women owned businesses are adding so much to our economy now that the federal government is putting more money back into these programs that like I've been talking about. Right. Well, I hope they don't stop. And we certainly show no signs of slowing down and mm-hmm. we certainly hope um, that uh, they won't either. And, you know, you're not the first uh, person that I know and member of the Indie Business Network whose husband has quit a job to work 
their company. And I'm like, we have one member who, whose husband left his job, went to graduate school for business and finance, and he's now the CFO of her company. Ah, that like, would be so, amazing. <laughs> so many different ways to work it. And, uh, you know, just, you know, when you bring your talents and gifts together as a family, I think you really create something that is very, very special. Yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So, uh, speaking of that, like, what's your best tip for being in business with your spouse? Who? You got to keep work stuff separate. You got. You got to keep the work and home separate. You can't be fighting about home stuff during work, and you can't fight about the work stuff at home. Uh, that was kind of a rule we had: work stuff stays at work, home stuff stays home. Well, that's good advice. How hard is that to do, though? Very incredibly. I mean, you wake up and he's grumpy that morning and you got to go in and work with him and you got to, it's hard. It's really, really hard. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I guess we learn and grow together, don't we? So yes. there's something to be said for disciplining ourselves and, um, and, and making it work because when you don't and you're working together, it really does. Everything goes to you know, we're in a handbasket. Yeah, real quick. (laughs) So what's on what's on the what's in the future for shabby chick cleaners? What are we going to see in 2020? And beyond? Uh, Well, okay, I've set a big goal for myself, I'm going to turn this into a billion dollar company. So you will probably start hearing and seeing more about shabby chick dramatically in 2020. Um, We have picked up coaches uh, across the country. Um, just we just launched in August officially officially launched we um, handpicked our first few and um, within our first two months now August two and a half months we have landed coaches across I think 16 different states and so I by 12 months I can only imagine how fantastically fast this is about to grow and you were picking them up so quick because I remember let's see you had set a goal as I recall for September to get at least 50 new coaches during that month, new cleaning coaches. And I remember the month wasn't over and you had more than 50. Yes. Yes. And what I'm slowly learning is um, it's better to kind of have cycles. So I'm actually not heavily recruiting right now. We're training all those new recruits and getting them out because I truly want everyone to be successful. So I do everything I can to give them all the tools they need to be successful. And so we're kind of really working with our first group and they're kind of going to graduate here and then we'll start heavily recruiting again. And so we're going to do the first few rounds in cycles and then eventually it'll kind of work out to where it's all happening at the same time. All right, everyone, you heard it here, uh, billion dollar company. Just remember, you knew us when, okay, Amber? You know Absolutely, when. <laughs> I will. And I will still tell everybody to join the Indie Business Network. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, well, if you're in the billions, we'll be behind you in the millions with all the people that you tell. But most importantly, I want you guys to make sure you try Amber's products. I have tried them. I love them. And, um, and I, you know, you, you have done such a wonderful job of connecting your personality and everything cheerful and proactive about yourself. Um, because obviously it takes a lot of cheerfulness and proactively to make proactivity to make me clean anything. So um, yep, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. That's the ironic part about all of this is I still hate cleaning. <laughs> No, but you I just do love it so my well, right? Yes. I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the aprons to show up on the website too, because they are, I always like picture myself like if I could just have that apron, I could do such a much better job and a flower in my hair. But anyway, Amber, you are you are really leading the way and helping so many people 
not only by what you do, um, by what you say, but also by what you do. So thank you for that. Shabby Chick, C-H-I-C-K, cleaners.com. Make sure you check them out. You need some insect repellent. You need some natural laundry detergent. You, of course, need it all. And if you're ever in Duncan, get over there and Instagram yourself and go through the drive through and yes. uh, have fun being the only being at the only one in the whole universe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amber, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time and we'll be following along. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Well, I hope this episode of the Indie Business Podcast left you inspired, motivated, and excited about the future of your business. Let's quickly review three of the most significant business insights Amber and I discussed. First, ask customers for feedback. Amber shared that one way she's acquired new retail stockists was by asking consumers to share the names of retail stores they thought might like to carry Shabby Chick products. Consumers always have favorite stores, and they often know the store owners by name. Using a real store customer as a referral is a great way to get an audience with a retail store owner, and this approach helped Amber expand her wholesale footprint very quickly. Number two, ask. You could hear in the audio that Amber was so excited to tell me that her first tip was ask. She reminds us that the answer is always no if you don't ask. If Amber can find resources in a tiny town like Duncan, you can surely find resources in your area as well, but only if you look for them and only if you ask for what you want. And number three, Amber says, if you work with your spouse, and more and more people are these days, make sure to separate work and home issues. Keep them separate, Amber says. Not only can it cause great division when you don't do this, but it just makes things complicated. Amber says it's easier said than done, but it's a vital part of your relationship and your business success to make the effort to keep things separate. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone you know and help spread the word. This podcast is all about the indie business revolution, where people like you are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on their own terms. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, won't you do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and maker stories featured on the Indie Business Podcast. You can also share episodes from my blog at IndieBusinessNetwork.com to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.